2: Boogie well, hates racism and Chris
1: Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform?
2: If I've learned a lot, this I, I'm not gonna
1: say it. That sounds too good. No, good, bro. Uh, no, on, no, no, how no, how no, no. They they no. <laughs> if the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish. I am joined, as always, by my – I don't know what the adjective is for soon to get a haircut – my excited co-host, Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going?
2: I'm doing really well. I'm happy that we're here for this episode. And before we get started real quick, if you're listening to this today, the day it comes out, we are hosting a playback room for the Memphis Grizzlies game tonight. If you want to get a link to that, make sure you get into our Discord, leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify, tweet it at me or Ty, or proof of subscription to our Substack. But uh, just wanted to get that in there. Ty, we have a guest.
1: We do. We have a special guest. We're very excited. We are joined today by Matt Velazquez, former Milwaukee Bucks beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, current Bleacher Report quality editor. If you have been a Bucks fan for more than like a year, I'm sure you're more familiar with him than us. So the intro probably not that necessary. But Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us on the Eurostep.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be talking to Bucks with you guys. And yeah, I'm excited to see wherever the conversation takes us.
1: Absolutely. Um, first off, I just think we we need to ask, how's Indy? How's Bleacher report? And how have you been? Um, trying to speak for Bucks Twitter is dangerous and foolhardy, as I'm sure you know, but I think it's safe to say the majority of folks who follow the team hope that you're doing well despite missing your your
3: Bucks coverage. Uh, i i hope people hope i'm doing well <laughs> I, 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 I hope after all those years of covering the Bucks, people are, aren't wishing ill upon me um but no things are good you know life is good uh you know living here in indy is is pretty chill you know i, I work from home have a really good job with bleacher report where I get to be a lot more flexible be a lot be home a lot more uh than when i was traveling covering the bucks it's good for you know good for me good for my family um which is great found a uh found found a good basketball run through some of my wife's friends at medical school so I got got to play some hoops uh, on a pretty regular basis which is good um and uh, just as of yesterday started coaching my my daughter's uh, basketball team so we'll we'll have oh. we'll have we'll, we'll have them running horns and floppy and <laughs> and all, all the different things as soon as we can Though so I did, I didn't find out last night that out of the nine girls who were there eight of them have never played basketball before so you know we're we're starting right from square one and uh, you know, we'll we'll achieve greatness at some point. So I mean, that that's kind of what's going on with me. Really, really kind of chill. Uh, you know, kind of lifestyle very different than before. Uh, I, I I still keep um, a loose grip on what's going on with the Bucks and, and Bucks Twitter. I'm I, I'm a lurker now. I don't I don't I don't post as much, but I, but I see what's going on. I see the the kind of the, the general storylines and trends. Um, you know, and, and I pop in every now and then with with just ideas and and tweets and snark um you know so i'm I'm out there i see you i see you all (laughs) one
2: of my this is a little bit of an aside one of my dreams just i want to do this once in my life is just like coach like a middle school basketball team or something and i know you're joking like you're gonna have them running horns and stuff i want to actually do that (laughs) like i want to have the most (laughs) well coached basketball team of all time that's like the youngest i don't think that's actually going to happen (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I'm going to try to do that someday. But uh, you, you said that uh, you're a lurker now, but you, you still keep up, obviously, like you said, with Buck stuff. Uh, and you had a Twitter thread recently, actually, about like you have more free time and like uh, a little bit more of a freer approach to, you know, taking in the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I know you talked about this a little bit before, but like. What was it like to see the Bucks win a title when you're just sort of watching from afar? Like, how were how was that experience? Were you just, like, super, super locked into every game? Like, you were, like, a casual fan? Did, like, was all the relationships you had cultivated sort of making mean more? How was that experience for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, first off, I, I give a shout-out to a, a guy. I don't know if I should name him by name in case he would get in trouble for this, but a guy I went to college with when he found out I was leaving um, the journal Sentinel and kind of moving on and doing something different. He he actually at the time, I don't think he works there anymore, but he worked for like NBA League Pass International. And he hooked me up with an international league pass. It's the so best I league pass.
1: It's the best league. I, it's so good.
3: So I could watch literally everything, no blackouts. Like it was insane. Uh so I had that hookup. So I was able to watch all through the playoffs. I I didn't catch really any of the Heat series because I mean, it was over really fast. Um, but then I, I watched a little bit of the of the start of the net series. I was like, well, enough of that. And then I and I kind of skipped out on a, on a few games because I'm not actually a fan. Like I'm not I'm not like a you know a ride or die. I'm not going to pretend I am. You know we we know who the real ones are. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I skipped out for a few games. I'm like, oh, you know they're making this a thing now. Okay. I guess I'll watch like games like five, six, and seven. And that was really fun. Those games, as basketball games, were good basketball games. Um, you know, then I I kind of like kept up with the the Hawks series. Uh, I don't know what was going on in my life, but I feel like I was like, it was appointment viewing, but it wasn't like a hard appointment. It was like, oh, if I have something else, okay, that's fine. Uh, but then the finals, that was appointment viewing, and, and my da- my older daughter, particularly, you know, she's eight now. She was kind of getting into it. She's like, oh, we want to watch, you know, Giannis. We want to watch the Bucks. You know, because I had gone to a game here in Indy. Uh, back in May and they, my kids were convinced that like going to an NBA game means you're going to be on the big screen like three times because there was only 25% capacity. So two oh. girls jumping around got on the screen like three times. And so it was the, the best for them. And then after the game, you know, Bucks PR guy, uh, you know, extraordinaire, Dan Smichek, he, he grabbed Giannis and pointed out where we were and you know, he waved. It was very nice. Um, and so the girls, they basically think Giannis and I are best friends, um, <laughs> which, which which couldn't be further from the truth. from the truth. You um, know, oh, we want to see what they're doing and Giannis or whatever. And um, I remember around that time, I was, I was, I had traveled to Baltimore to hang, hang out with my brother and his family. We were watching, uh, you know, I think it was game, game five together. I don't know, it must have been earlier than that. Either way, there there were so many like incredible. It must, it must have been game two. It was game two um i don't know they're all running together There was just I'm, i think about all the highlights that i saw right. and like experiencing them like with my family and like that was really cool and then seeing them win and, i mean the biggest thing was like i i felt like i was allowed to feel happy for them like when you are in it and you're covering them you're supposed to be like kind of you know unbiased and stand back and be like, okay like this is what happened like let's you know i have to focus on what i need to do i need to like fight I got fight on these people like do interviews, transcribe, write a story, like make, make sure it's good because a lot of people are gonna read it. Like this is like a huge moment. But as someone who was just sitting on their couch, like watching everything unfold, I could just be happy for, you know, the the players, the coaches, the organization, you know, the reporters, you know, the the people who who work for the team or work with the team and just be like, wow, like there's a lot of people who have done a lot of a lot of work for a very long time to To make this, ha- you know, make this all happen, and you can kind of just sit back and be like, "Wow, like great for them! Like it, it's like really exciting." And to see all the people in Milwaukee and just like, you know, when I first got to Milwaukee, it was two thousand thirteen. Like they're still playing the Bradley Center. There was, you know, downtown wasn't what it is now. You couldn't really find Buck stuff anywhere. Like I was mostly like given the assignment to go help Charles Gardner covering games because no one wanted to do it. <laughs> Because they because they weren't very good, like I mean yeah. the Bradley Center was right across the street from the Journal Sentinel Journal Sentinel office, and it was just like meh, like whatever, and like just to see the progression of where they were to where they got to, and see all the people in the Deer District and all that, like it's just like, like absolutely cool, objectively cool, and and so like just just watching it from afar, it's like wow, like I that was my life once, like I would have been there, but. I, I, I did have the benefit of like, I was glad I wasn't there in a sense. Cause if I was there, I'd just be frenzied. Things would be chaotic and my life would have been, I feel like in shambles by the end. I don't know how people covered that team <laughs> at, at all. Just because like you're, you're working constantly for like 10 months and it's like, you have to be at peak performance, like that whole playoffs. It's, it's insane. But I was just able to like watch and be like, wow, like this, this is cool. And it, it was just fun for me.
1: A question I've asked people since they won it all: Do you think there were more people in the in Fiserv and the Deer District combined for Game Six than there were Bucks fans in like 2013? Because I think it's got to be <laughs> at least close. Like <laughs> total people who are really, really paying attention and cheering for the team. I think there might have been more in person that that
3: night. No, it, in in 2013, it was mostly just like, I mean, it was underground. Like yeah. it, it was almost like a, like a hipster thing to do. It's like, oh, I like the Bucks. It's like, oh, like is that a band? <laughs> like, is that something I, ha- I haven't heard about before? Um, like, it, it, it wasn't what it is now. Like, there wasn't a an international contingent of Bucks fans, or at least not ones that you would hear about. Like, you didn't have like legions of Greek fans, and that, and you know, a bunch of like you know outposts of Australian fans. And you know, I, I when they played in Paris, I talked to a bunch of French fans. Like even if they were there at the time, like it was just a really small subset. Um, so, yeah. So I I think it's possible there, there were more, you know, the, it also just became cool to be a Bucks fan, but as, as is the case with most hipster things, eventually it either fades away or it becomes really cool to like kind of follow along. Um, so Gosh, that that is a really good question. But I, I think there, the, the number of people at the finals was probably more. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh speaking of those like those awful 2013, 14 days, like you said that's when you we were starting starting on the on the Bucks beat. How wild does it see to see like two guys like Giannis and Chris? Like I know obviously most people aren't gonna expect like, oh yeah, those two, those are gonna be the best two players on a title team. Obviously, how could you not see that? But like, is there is there like some glimpse you might've gotten from those early days? It's like, oh, these, these two might have a chance.
3: Not that first year. No, I mean, I I think if if you're imagining back to that year and saying, yeah, you know, I saw that there was going to be something for both of those guys and they were going to be great and just doing insane things in the playoffs. Like you're a liar. (laughs) Like I I don't (laughs) know what else to tell you. I mean, Giannis was just this kind of like goofy gangly kid. And, and he, you know, true to form of being somebody who is coming from a different country and being away from his family and his culture and his background for the first time ever, like, like he was just figuring out who he was and what he was doing. And you could tell he had some like basketball skill, obviously, like, but you didn't sit, look at him and go, Oh yeah, this, like this goofy teen is going to be, you know, the best player in the league, putting up 50 points in a deciding finals game in the next decade like you just didn't i mean maybe john hammond saw it (laughs) but i don't think most people saw that um you know what you saw was somebody who like was trying smoothies for the first time and a guy who you know would see something funny on his phone and and, like show it to all the guys in the locker room to the point where they were just annoyed with him because you know, they were a bad team. And so after a loss to have this, like, you know, this child basically coming around the locker room, showing you a funny Instagram thing that is not funny to you because you're an adult man. And like, you just don't (laughs) care. Like, that's like, you know, that's what it was. Like that's stuff that was going on. Like, and you'd see like the fire of him, like, you know, going, going kind of head to head against Carmelo, Anthony and, and kind of just trying different things out and like learning about who he was kind of as a player, like you saw the progression, but you also just kind of saw the immaturity and you know, he, he wasn't, you know, as physically developed yet. And you never know if someone is going to physically develop or not. Um, and, and so that, that was the awesome thing. Chris just kind of like, you know, quiet doing his thing, hanging out, not making waves, you know, starting, but still yeah. kind of like super low key. And that's Chris. Like, he, he's going to kind of fade kind of into the background. He's not trying to draw attention to himself, but he's going to be like efficient and solid and good. And at that time you're like, Oh, well maybe he could be like a, a solid like role player. Like maybe that'll be him. Like who knows how they'll build. Like they'll get a high pick. They'll get a star. Like that star will come in and you know, it'll shake everything up. And like, so you just don't know um, at that point, you know, what is going to kind of blossom from those guys. I mean, it was a it's a weird team to cover. It wasn't a very good team by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, there are a lot of characters, you know. When you have a bad team like that, you just get a bunch of guys like cycling. I mean, maybe you know, people are more used to that now with yeah. the way the hardship things are going and you're getting more but at that time like there were like twenty guys on the team, because like, they just kept like dropping guys and picking new guys up on ten days, and then there's a stretch where like fans were like, Yo, Jeff Adrian, like that's our I guy. Was in. <laughs> I was in on
1: Jeff Adrian. The I, rebound I Jeff Adrian could rebound,
3: man. Yeah, he, he definitely could. And like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, like Jeff Adrian, like he's good. All right. What's going on with Larry Sanders? No one knows. Like <laughs> oh, like oh, OJ Mayo, like whatever. Like sometimes he's cool. Sometimes he's not. Sometimes he's sick. What Was that a flu that he had for like three weeks? Like what's going on? Um flu. You know, yeah, no, exactly. He, so,
2: he broke his ankle falling down the stairs, obviously. A, yeah.
3: a, a, so at the, at the time, you're just like, <laughs> and, and you're also doing it inside this bubble of like, I don't know if anyone cares (laughs) like like there's there's the backdrop of the 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 team getting sold and like the kind of like save our bucks movement and you're going to games and it's sad it's like mostly empty and you're like you know you're hoping that maybe people will be there because a good team is in town but then it's just like all Cavs fans or all Bulls fans or all Lakers fans or whatever and it's just like yeah this is this is rough. Like this is, this is covering the NBA like, you know, and I was just coming off of the year before I had an internship with the Pacers and I had gone to all the Pacers games or a lot of the Pacers home games. And that was the year, you know, that they had gone to the Eastern conference finals for the first time. So like that was my first foray into like being around the NBA on a regular basis. And I was like, wow, like this is cool. Like this is high level NBA stuff. And then the next year I'm helping Charles cover the Bucks. And it's like, oh, this is a very different situation in a very different city. But then, of course, you know, the the team gets sold, the coach get, coach gets changed, everybody develops, Pfizer reform gets built, and boom, championship. It, it's pretty pretty straightforward.
1: <laughs> I, I think my favorite thing about like what maybe my favorite thing people forget about the Bucks, people who weren't you know paying attention in in 2014, is like there was a I don't want to say a long time, but at least a year or two, maybe even more, where Giannis was supposed to be the number two guy to like Jabari Parker, right? And I remember yep. our evolving comps for Giannis and totally agree with you saying most people, most sane people did not see this from Giannis. Year one, we were like, maybe he can be Nick Batum someday, like Portland Nick Batum. Like maybe he could have a five by five game. That would be awesome. And then year or two later, you know, maybe Scotty Pippen, can we say Scotty Pippen out loud? And now it's like he's on Jordan level. It's it's so wild to see. But um, I I wanted to ask if you have a favorite story or, like, moment or memory from your time on the beat. I assume Giannis may be involved, but you never know. As you said, there were a lot of characters throughout that whole time. And I'm sure a lot of moments that when the team was maybe less buttoned up than now that were probably uh, pretty fun to be around for.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like it all kind of blurs together a little bit. Yeah um i I just think of um personally, I really enjoyed um their their kind of first deep playoff run when they ended up losing to the Raptors. like that was just it was just fun to cover the playoffs and actually like stick around for a while and like to get to go on the road for like meaningful games and like as, as an individual, like I had a ton of fun <laughs> like you know you're 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 going out to to Boston and it's like Patriots Day and it's crazy. Uh, and you're kind of navigating that, um, you know, and you're you're kind of dealing with that whole. I know that was the year before, but like so you you have the, the Piston series, um, you know, then you have the Celtic series and you're, you're kind of shuttling back and forth. And you're getting to kind of stay in a place for a little while, because like that's like one of the interesting things about the playoffs is you have two games in the same city in a row. And so you stay in that place for like five days. So you get to go out and go to restaurants and like hang out and. Um, and just kind of like feel settled, um, which is nice in the NBA season when you're covering a team, you you rarely get to feel settled, uh, especially when it comes to being on the road. Usually, you're you're in a city, and then you're constantly moving to the next place. Um, and so that I, I enjoyed that that time. Um, I think in terms of um, kind of behind the scenes stuff, like I I remember my first season. Covering the team full time. And I, I didn't know how to book my travel in terms of, like, you know, if a team has a trip, are they going to stay away or are they going to go home? And, like, they had a new coach, obviously. So, like, you can't go off the previous year. Like, oh, in, in past years, they've gone here and then gone home before the next road game, or they've stayed out for the whole trip. And so I didn't know how to plan that. So, I remember early in the season, they had a trip where they're going from to, to Cleveland. And then staying, then they had two days off, and then they're going to San Antonio, and so I had planned to go home after Cleveland because I was like, oh, two days off, Cleveland's really close, they'll just go back to Milwaukee. And while I'm in Cleveland, I'm walking to the arena, and I get a text from my brother-in-law, and he goes, hey, so that's pretty big, Bledsoe, and I was like. what (laughs) and and, like literally like my phone had been in my pocket it was cold it was like november i'm like walking to the arena for shoot around and i'm like oh no like this is bad (laughs) and so i'm like immediately trying to figure out what's going on and i see like greg monroe walk out of practice with john Horst, and i'm like well that's all the confirmation i really need um you know and and so i trying to sort that out and he eventually i get a chance to you know approach moose and be like hey can we talk he's like I got a lot going on. I don't want to talk right now. And I was like, fair enough. Yeah. Like, 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 that's, that's real. Um, and so like that whole day was just like grinding, 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 like getting, I eventually got John Horst, like on the record, like during pregame, got to talk for a while. Um, but like, I missed dinner and I, the, the game, I didn't even know what happened. It, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and, but after the game, I'm like famished and I had never been to Cleveland before. And so I'm like walking back to my hotel. Hotel, I'm like, well, there's got to be something between the arena and the... there wasn't. <laughs> so I, so I stopped in the gas station next to my hotel and got a like, a Budweiser Tall Boy and like a bag of M <laughs> and M's. And I went and I had more work to do, so I go back to my room. <laughs> and at this point, like I, I, I had found out that the Bucks were going straight to San Antonio, even though they had two off days. <laughs> That's so Jason going...
1: Kidd. That's extremely Jason <laughs> Kidd. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, so we they're going straight to San Antonio, and now the blood cells is going to meet them there. I have to go to San Antonio, so I have to like oh. rebook my flights and everything. I have to finish up a story that night, and I the only flight to get me there potentially for practice the next day is a six a.m. flight. So, God, so I I leave, I, so I barely sleep, get to the airport, go to Nashville, go from Nashville to San Antonio, somehow get to where I need to go. I'm at practice, and. At uh, at one point, I think you know I was kind of standing around waiting to talk to somebody like Giannis. Like a ball came over to me and I threw it, and Giannis was oh hey like hey like hit me up. So it's like I pass over to him to the corner and he misses a three, and then they're just like kind of shooting around, and I was like oh Giannis where's my assist? He's like hey f you man, <laughs> 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 and I was like I was like hey I was really hoping you'd make that, <laughs> um, yeah, and I was like okay, but then I I started talking to Delhi and. You know, Delhi was always one of my favorite guys to talk to because he felt like, like a normal person sometimes. Like, we talk yeah. about board games and like random nonsense. Um, and he, I was somehow we got into the conversation of like, oh man, like I'm like losing track of like everything. is. oh yeah, I'm at the point of the season. I like think I said, I can't believe I, I'm i here. I don't even know like where I am or like where I woke up. I've been in like three states today. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm at the point of the season where I don't really know. Like, what day it is. I just know, like, when the next game is. But I don't know how you guys do it. Like, the whole, like, flying commercial. Like, f- like, this is hard for us. Like, I don't know how you guys do it. And, like, to this day, like, I don't know if I've been more seen by, like, a player. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, I totally get that. And then, of course, like, Jason Kidd ran, like, four-hour practices. Like, they weren't quite that long, but they were close for, like, the next two days. And, like, you know, talked to Bledsoe and did all that. And, um, but it was like, that that whole thing was, like, a welcome to the beat. Type yeah. of situation. Uh, I also remember there was a time in Miami where I was wearing a Marvel shirt and Captain Marvel had just come out and I was talking to Brooke Lopez about the Avengers video game for Sega, uh, which was a classic. <laughs> uh and, and like Brooke and I are like the same age. So he he totally remembered playing that. So we were chatting about it, and, and Giannis came over and like grabbed my shirt and was like, You're not a real Marvel fan. You're not you don't like Marvel, you don't you're not a real fan. And I was like Yes, I am. Like, what, what are you talk about? he goes, You're not a real fan, you're not a real fan. And I'm like, hey, honest. have you seen Captain Marvel? He goes, No. And I'm like, well, you're not a real Marvel fan. <laughs> yeah. And then later that day, he and I talked and had a great conversation. It was, it was fun. Um, but it's stuff like that that you remember. i I, I mentioned the the playoffs, what was that 2019? Um, you know, we're we're just reporting out Chris Middleton, you know, leaving after Detroit and like having his having his his daughter and being there, like that whole story. Um, it took a long time to, to find out what happened. Like that's why I, the story didn't come out till Father's Day, which is because he didn't want to talk about it. Like, yeah. and I, I, I get why. But just like the process, of kind of like having those conversations and building that trust, and like um, him allowing me to tell that story, um, just you know, felt good as a as a reporter and as someone who had kind of built a relationship with him over time. So, and that, that's just some of the stuff that comes to mind. It's all kind of scattershot, but it was it was a fun time.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Um, I since you mentioned John Horst walking out with someone, were you was it were you around for the practice when Jason Kidd got fired? Because that happened at a practice, right?
3: So I wasn't at that practice. I don't know if anyone. I don't know if it was an official practice. I'm um, guessing. Yeah, so yeah,
1: he probably didn't do it in front of media and stuff. Yeah, right? that's yeah. not a very bucks move. It, it
3: it wasn't a. Well, he was not very media friendly. Yeah. It, um, I'm I'm sure you guys have, have heard and and read about the yeah. just just his his general. Uh, some would say paranoia um or just you know when he came in he moved the media entrance from the front door of the cousin center to a back unmarked door that they had like put an awning over but then you're like w- then like when they would let you in you'd get the top of like a staircase in like this like weird little annex and then they'd let you down and practice practice was done and it, it was just this whole like level of like secrecy that like was not Normal, uh, at least talking to Charles Gardner, who had been covering the, covering the team for longer. Like it was kind of more like a kind of like a folksy like type setting, where like you know, oh hey, there's like a trust and like an expectation that like okay, there's this like kind of media room that they had that they would like let people wait in, but you have to walk past like all like the executive offices to get there. In um, the Cousin Center was a dump, <laughs> like in terms of I mean I, we, we all know that I've heard that, but it was like this like little like kind of like small business small town like it's okay everything's fine. And like Jason Kidd was like, no, that's not okay. Like, we have to put the media, like they are they're out to get you. Like, like we have to have them come through this back door. And it was just, you know, kind of this whole thing. So uh there's no way that if there was media present, that, that would be part of the calculus at all. I just remember that day was I mean, that that's again, that was my first season covering them full time. And it's like, gosh, like, you know, that they had hired John Horst during the summer before I was even officially on the beat, and I had to cover like I literally wrote a story. Who is John Horst? <laughs> because no one <laughs> knew who this guy was. Uh, which took a bunch of reporting while I was at the US Open at Aaron Hills, I was helping cover oh, that wow. cover that for the journal Sentinel that weekend. And it was like, Oh, you aren't officially on the beat yet, but you're probably gonna be the beat guy, and you're the only guy we have. So figure out who this guy is. And like I had to like I had to like, I, I had to figure out how to get a hold of his like college basketball coach and like his um his like high school athletic director and i eventually got his parents and like, there was this whole thing while well, i am covering the us open like writing like a story or two per day um Jeez. so that was a mess and then so they hire him and then like they fire jason kid oh they make the blood so trade they fire jason Kidd, and i'm like i i'm new to this in the sense that like i had been like the number two guy helping charles but i don't have like the deep web of contacts and uh, all that stuff to like get all the information immediately so i'm just like flying around trying my best to like do anything or get any information you know and it's just like it, it's very invasive and interruptive to like your life where you're like oh like they just fired Jason kid. my whole day has changed yeah. <laughs> like so um yeah so I was not there uh, I was not at, at, at any pizza places when, <laughs> where, where his, his departure was discussed um I, I can say that I covered the the whole Joe Prenti era, um, <laughs> whatever that's worth. Um, <laughs> but but that's all I got.
2: It's an iconic time, really, the Joe Prunty yeah. era, and
3: still it's still continuing a bit in, in Atlanta. Yeah, you know? no, I mean you, he, as Igor Kokoskov said, he's he's a guru. He's a basketball savant. Uh, so he he will always have a home in the league. I'm sure. He's also a very nice guy. Uh, the problem is that sometimes he is very boring because he is because <laughs> he, he is he is very nice and very straightforward and he'll look you in the eye and he'll smile and he'll tell you nothing <laughs> and but i mean i don't think i can say a bad word about him as a person so so there's that Rooden, that's Rooden always, good always gonna
2: talk with good people
3: yeah <laughs> yeah
2: um we we talked previously about like a bunch of characters that have happened all throughout your time covering the box. Just so many players, so many different like personalities. If you had to pick one player, just who could be anyone from your time covering the box to be on the end of the bench for a potential title run,
3: who would it be? Uh, this is so easy. This is this is not even a question. It's Rashad Vaughn. Oh
1: yes. My God.
3: Oh no. <laughs> Rashad Vaughn is just a great Bucks character. I think he was he was made to be at the end of a bench, keeping things light, keeping things fun, waving that towel, kind of just like hanging out. Like, like I don't know. I don't want to give away too much, but I feel like there there could be a a future in like just putting a GoPro on Rashad Vaughn. <laughs> If he is like in an NBA arena, like at the end of a bench, like you know, there, there, it could be it could be super fun. I mean, he he didn't work out as a player. Oh, I thought, uh, I thought you
1: meant like he just never worked out, and I was like, I could no, see no, that too.
3: No, no, yeah, <laughs> he, I, he were, I'm I'm sure he worked really hard. That's what all the coaches said. You know, he worked really hard. He tried his best. Just didn't just didn't work in Milwaukee and didn't work in the NBA, and you know that happens. Um, but I think he had a had a pretty fun time. While, while he was there, and I, I can only imagine what those fun times actually looked like. Um, I, I do recall there was one game. It was like a, I think it was like ahead of Christmas. I'd have to look up the actual date, but they were playing in Charlotte and they lost, and it was kind of like a bummer game. Um, and, and in the locker room afterwards, Rashad Vaughn is like, he's all kind of like, man, like I need to get like the new Xbox, like whatever. <laughs> no one's gonna get me the new Xbox, like whatever and he's like hey he's like asking you guys basically to get him an xbox and i, I think at one point he asked you guys like you just had this big extension like you got the money like hook me up and he's like hey, hey that that extension like doesn't start till next year like, like <laughs> i don't have anything you know and, and he's kind got of, and i think people are kind of getting annoyed with him yeah like kind of um but then eventually, like John Henson's like, "Yo, didn't you just get one?" He's like, "Yeah, but I need another one." <laughs> like, or, or, he's like, "I need one to have here." Or, I, I, that's kind of like the general gist that I was getting. And Hanson's like, "Yo, yo, yo, man, just like, it's cool. Just show. I got you. I got you. Like, 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 pull it up on uh, your phone. Like, when we get to the bus. We get to the bus. Just show it. I got you. It's a, Whatever." I, was like, I, I think that was basically his way of being like, "Okay, I can tell everybody's like kind of tense here. Like, I'm gonna put an end to this." And like he was, he was young. It might have been his rookie year or his second year. Um, you know but like that's the the kind of thing where like a vet can step up and kind of like have those conversations i don't know what happened i i have no idea what happened with the rest of that but like i'm just standing in the locker room like looking around waiting for guys to, to finish getting dressed so I can, I can do interviews and like that's the stuff like you're overhearing you're like hmm, shoddy doing doing this thing trying to try to get an xbox like you know that's that's kind of what's going on so he he is a character uh at least from what i saw in the locker room. I think he's a he's a fun guy to kind of have just like around um, if, if you're not expecting him to do anything on the court. I mean, I feel like a, a, a good second option might be DJ Wilson. Uh, yeah. DJ was so well liked in that locker room. Like everybody, everybody loved DJ. Like he worked hard. He played well. Like when, when he had a chance to play, he was always up on the bench, like waving the towel. I, I think everybody liked him as, as far as I could tell, um, you know, and it was a. Uh, is one well, I don't recall anyone was anything bad about him. Um would you, you know? say you're so,
2: happy for his success in Toronto.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I I'd be happy for him to to do well anywhere. I mean I, I think that he you know he never you know rubbed me the wrong way, never had any issues uh with him. Uh I feel like an underrated pick for a guy to have the end of the bench just because he always had this like big chip on his shoulders Miroslav a Oh my God! Yes, it's a deep cut. He yeah. he was he was always so upset and angry, but he had to like kind of choke it down when you would call him a rookie because oh, he was like thirty. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I've been playing basketball for a long time. Like he, <laughs> but but he also had like this like like biker jacket and like had this kind of like alternate persona that like he was a really big deal like back home, yeah. like and and so like he's like uh, you know. I think one of the things I remember was uh, there was some interview and someone asked him like, well, like where are you going? What are you going to do? He goes, Oh, it's, it's like Saturday night. If you know what I mean, <laughs> 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 it's like, it, it was something along those lines. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, like, I don't know if he'd be great for team chemistry at the end of the bench, but just as some, some, like a random dude to just like talk to and be like, Hey, Hey, Miroslav, like whatever. And like he, he very, he had that a very strong confidence in himself that was was entertaining.
1: That's uh I remember he was like one of the more crabbier personalities who made it into uh Mir and Fader's book about Giannis. I remember at some point she had a story in there about like Giannis just like annoyed the hell out of Miroslav and he like snapped at one point and said, Just shut up, man, like enough. And and that that totally clicks with the way you're describing him is like I'm not a rookie, like I'm established.
3: Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was saying before about Giannis being like eighteen in this locker room of like men. You know, and like him, you know, doing his kind of like, you know, 18 year old stuff and like whatever antics and, you know, kind of uh, coming to America type stuff. Like that didn't always resonate because these guys were like kind of like hardened, grizzled, established veterans who were playing some of them for their careers. And, you know, it just didn't always mesh with what was going on. So. Absolutely. My
2: answer, my answer would be Brandon Knight, by the way. Oh, because he got snubbed for the fourteen fifteen All Star game, so you got to get him a ring as a as a
3: record. Okay, I mean Brandon Knight, like uh, that first year I covered team, he was like the go to guy, like for pretty much that whole year. Like he he was forced to like have to like, carry that like twenty thirteen Bucks team, 2013, 14 Bucks team, and like he was like one of the go to post game interviews because like. You know he usually he, had a good stat line he, he was someone stuff. to talk to yeah yeah he, he he did stuff he he spoke well, like you know you you could try to go to Ursan or Zaza sometimes they're hard to understand like that 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 just comes with the territory um you know also Ursan speaks in many cliches and uh you doesn't he doesn't always say much so as you're interviewing guys, you learn like okay who can I talk to? That will say things that will be like, you know, illuminating of what's going on, and like sometimes Ursan wasn't that guy. Though er- some was also sneaky, funny, and could very well be the last guy on the bench. That's a good too, uh, because again, a guy everybody likes. I think he should come back to the Bucks like every two years for the rest of his life, um, just because. Um, always
1: has, and, and it's still mighty at this point. Yeah, obviously. I mean,
3: what could go wrong? Really, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Real, I mean, the only thing that could go wrong is the could be like, "Yes, Earthhands back." I can point him a ton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but but I think we've got we've gotten past that.
1: I do too. But that's um that's a, a good segue into uh, the next question we have, which is like if there's ever an NBA season to not be closely plugged into the Bucks, it's probably this one. A um, lot of. A lot of players in and out of the lineup. Brooke Lopez, unfortunately, only played the one game. So I wanted to ask just not even necessarily Buck specific, but from a league wide perspective. You know, have you found it a little harder to get into the NBA this year with all of the replacement players and hardship guys? You know, are you leaning more into like some other sports and maybe watching more football? They're in the playoffs right now. Seems like a lot of people, certainly in Wisconsin, probably all over are. Or have you enjoyed the league about the same as usual?
3: That's a great question. Um, I am finding it a little bit harder. Um, that's partly because of like my own distance from it. Like, you know, I wasn't a huge NBA guy before I got onto the Bucks job. It was more like, Hey, I want to work in sports journalism. I want to cover teams. I want to do anything that's not baseball because covering baseball is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's just so long of a season yeah. at, the best, at the best time of the year. And the days are just incredibly long. So like my wife had given me like an ultimatum, like you are not allowed to cover baseball. It's not allowed. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. so I'll, I'll do anything. I just want to get in and like see what I can do. And I grew up in Connecticut, like big college basketball state. And like, that's, that's where a lot of like my kind of like fandom was. I grew up uh, rooting for UConn, obviously. Cause that's, that's all we got in Connecticut. My mom went there too. So that helps. Um, but I'd kind of like, you know, slowly kind of trickled off college basketball more, more towards, you know, pro, but then I also covered Marquette for three years before I covered the bucks full time. Uh, so I kind of like got back into that world. And then I, you know, the opportunity to cover the bucks came up and I, I, I jumped on that and it's okay. Like now I'm doing this. So I was like, okay, like I, I never had set out and said, I want to be like an NBA guy or like, I am an NBA guy and I want to get onto an beat. It was more of like, I just want to be a guy who covers somebody. Um, and so I, I got there and that was great. And I like, I loved like diving into the NBA and learning the the salary cap and learning how all, all everything works and being able to share that with other people uh, and getting to know the personalities uh, you know on on the Bucks and in the league and it, it was really a, a great experience. But when I stopped covering the Bucks, I wasn't like oh like this is like ingrained into who I am like I'm an NBA guy. It was more of like okay now I don't I don't have to do that <laughs> like I can do it when I want to. And like, there'd be games that would be on. I'd be like, since I had international league pass and I could watch anything, I was like, oh, this game's on today. Like, I definitely want to watch like this game of teams that are not involved, not not the Bucks. Like, it's just other other teams, other players who are interesting. And, uh, or I'd see a game was like going down to the wires close with like three minutes left. I'd like, oh, I'll just pop that on. I got nothing else going on. Uh, so I got to be like kind of a like, casual league pass surfer and, and check out, because when, when you're covering the Bucks, like, you watch all their games. You pay its close attention to what they're doing, and on your day off where the Bucks aren't playing, the first thing you want to do is not like put on a different NBA game. Like maybe you'll do that if you're on the road and you're like in a different city, hanging out at your hotel. I'll, I'll throw on like whatever game is on ESPN or TNT that night. Or it's like, hey, I never get to watch movies, so I will watch a movie tonight because I I can. Um, so yeah, so it's been harder to follow Lee this year. I think just because of all the the, the churn. Um, And also because it's like okay, I, I don't have to, so I'll I'll jump in when I'm when I'm ready. I'll I'll dabble a little bit. Um, But and, and in terms of following the Bucks, though, it's like yeah, like they'll be there, they'll be around. If if you want to turn that 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 show on in in April or May, it'll be there. Like that, <laughs> there's like that certainty that in the past wasn't there, right? I mean, they went like what, 18 years without making it out of the first round, and now it's, it's just a, a foregone conclusion. Like you know. They'll, they'll be there, you know, after the first round. It'll be fine.
2: Yeah, it's just it's a it's a wild turnaround. And I get what you're saying. It's occasionally like the season can just be it can be a drag. Like there there's been a couple days off for the Bucks now. It's like I'm not going to turn on a different NBA game. Like yeah. I understand that. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like uh why? Why do I have to? Why do I have to do this? I can do other things. Like in fact, you mentioned it. I would watched a movie that I had been waiting to watch for a while because it's like, oh, I, there's no Bucks game on today. <laughs> so that sort of thing is fun. Uh, I know you like. Obviously, you're not on the beat anymore, but you know,
1: we're we're asking we're asking whoever we're desperate. We're
2: desperate yeah. here. Do you okay. have any any sort of information on Pro Lopez?
3: We need no. to know. Okay. <laughs> no. no. I don't. No, I I I did. I almost so again. I'm a lurker. I see things. I know things going on. Like I, I'm, I'm a lurker on the the Bucks Reddit, like there too. Uh, oh boy. Uh, so I, I I lurk in, in places. It, it happens because um, when I was on the beat, I had to kind of be tapped into to what was going on in Twitter, what was going on on in Instagram. Like I deleted my Instagram. I, I never was an Instagram guy, but I would lurk on Instagram to see what Bucks players were putting on Instagram in case it was relevant to my life, and like in my job. And so like I was able to like kind of move on and I, I, I still have like the Bucks Reddit like you know as one that I follow and I saw like when Shams tweeted like his conversation with Brooke Lopez and everybody was getting hyped about it, like oh he's coming back and I was like this is a nothing. This is a nothing interview. No one is saying anything. There, there's no there's no substance behind it. Like if I was covering team, I would say, okay, I have to acknowledge this happened. But I would also say I would I would be pumping the brakes incredibly hard. And like I saw like the, the the subreddit was going nuts. And I almost actually posted and said, like, you guys really need to pump the brakes. He said nothing. He may not be back anytime soon. But I didn't do it. I just held back and I was like, you know what? This is not my job. <laughs> you know, this is this is not what I have to do. I, I hope Brooke feels well. I hope he is gets back to uh, playing shape. And it becomes available as soon as possible, um, because the the world is better when when Brooke Lopez is doing what Brooke Lopez is supposed to do um, and, and he's not you know, laid up because of surgery. Um, so so hopefully that happens. But I have absolutely no information.
1: We are yeah. We are literally analyzing – like he'll be in a Bucks All Access for five seconds and it's like a new Brolo Zapruder film every time. That's how much we <laughs> have to pick Lopez at this point. It's like how, how did he look when he was moving? He looks sweaty. He's working out with the team. That's good. If I see him jump in one of these four-second clips, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm so excited for Brook to come back.
3: I, I do not – I do not miss the days of having to be like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: when, you, when you talked about Instagram, I figured that's how you felt about this.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, about, about, you know, there would be times, especially when like Jabari Parker was hurt with his ACL and we were trying to figure out, you know, the second time around when he was coming back and what he was able to do and watching, you know, sometimes you're at practice and like they're, they're playing, you know, Jason kid called it church league where it was like all the guys who didn't play. And some of the the video coordinators or assistant coaches, they would do stuff, you know, I said for court and you you'd be able to watch some of it or you'd see a snippet of it. And like before that, they put the curtain down or they did whatever. And it's like, Oh man, like what can we glean from this? What can we leave that? And like it, it, it gets to be insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Brooke, hopefully he, again, hopefully he's back sooner than later. Um, but yeah, the, the bucks are very tight lipped with basically everything. It is intentional. It is how they run their operations. It is it is one of the things that came along with the new owners because they are they are business people, and that is how things work in business. You try to keep your your company's um, information, intelligence, um, you know, goings on out of the public sphere because you don't want your competition to know. And, and when you are in in the business of making millions and billions of dollars, as, as they are um every little thing can be seen as an advantage and so the bucks that's that's how they operate they are not trying to let things out and when they do let things out it is all incredibly well calculated um at least in in terms of like a franchise like you know information type situation you know they can't totally control players or agents or whatever but when it's coming from them like it's all very calculated um and which means that they just don't let a lot out and so you're eventually they will let things out when they are a hundred percent sure he's coming back at this specific time. But until then they they're going to be quiet about it.
2: Do you, do you feel like that's gotten even more aggressive as the years have gone on? Because it's like, I don't, I don't know if I'm just like getting annoyed by it now, or just like, it's, it's been a thing that's been progressively getting more and more intense, but it's like you go from, Oh yeah, he has a sore back to Oh yeah. By the way, he had
3: back surgery. Like it's, do, is, I, this, is this getting more and more intense as the years go on? I don't know if it's getting more intense or they're just getting better at it and we're getting more aware of it or like the general public is getting more aware of it. But I think that's kind of just how they are. Um, that, that's how they operate. And they, they found better words, you know, for, you know, after a while Bud started using the word awareness. It's like, oh, he, yeah, he has oh. like a right leg. Like I, I don't want to call it an injury, but it's, it's an awareness and it's, and it's like, oh, absolutely on. nothing. Oh, I know. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I know very well. Um, you know, they would, there are just certain ways they would phrase things. You're like, okay, I think there's more going on here, but I can't be a hundred percent sure because no one will say anything. It's like, or like sometimes, you know, it's not a thing, Like, right? You know, they're, they're doing some kind of like rest day, but they don't want to say it's rest because of league rules, not allowing you to say rest. Um, Or like, you know, uh, so then you're like, okay, this is a game where they're going to rest Giannis or they're going to rest Chris like this is the day to do it. This makes a a, a ton of sense. And then like, sometimes you're right. And you're trying to press them on it. And they're like, Oh, no, no, he's, he's got a thing like he can't do. Are we, are we sure about that <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like come on like can we just call a spades a spade? but they can't because they don't want to get fined they don't get in trouble so like you have to you have to play the game and, and that's kind of how it is
2: yeah, yeah it's it's weird because uh like usually with like rest days you're like okay if they're back the next game it's like yeah okay we we understand what what mm-hmm. happened here but it's like you get to a guy like dante for instance all we heard about dante like during the summer and early this season before he was playing he's like oh yeah he's ahead of the timeline he's way ahead of the timeline it's like cool what's the timeline <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you haven't <laughs> said anything about what the timeline is it's like, I, is he gonna I, be I, back like next next year is he gonna be back tomorrow like what i
3: it just bothers me so much i mean I mean basically you're trying to figure out if their timeline is like an mcu timeline where there's always like <laughs> splitting and it's like it, 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 there's like a multiverse going on and like I like, Okay, where is where is Dante in the multiverse? <laughs> can, can, can we pin this down, please? Um, yeah, that trying to track injuries like that, it's it's no fun. It, it's no fun at all. And like I get why the teams are quiet about things or are difficult to kind of get answers out of, but a, as a fan or as a reporter or just as a casual observer, not fun.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's um you know sometimes I'll see like these comments on usually on, on Twitter or somewhere like Reddit. Actually, mostly Twitter. Um, which is shocker that negative comments would be on Twitter. But this like, oh, <laughs> yeah. um, this like oh the the Bucks don't have anyone covering the team who asks any questions and they're not holding up accountable and and all this and it's like they just they say nothing. It. Like yeah, I don't I don't know what like are they are you supposed to like snoop through people's garbage and find <laughs> yeah. like hack into computers like what what are you gonna do if no one says anything including like and I think there's this misconception too that it's like oh they they don't work any sources outside of press conferences and obviously they do they just don't say anything anywhere for the most part
3: yeah no that you're you're dead on <laughs> like there were times where when i was coming to the team and like people would tweet at me and like eric name yeah and they'd be like why don't you guys ask and and then i would just i, I would have like the transcript of when i asked ready <laughs> and i would post it like i asked on this day at this time and here was the answer so like, well why don't you ask again it's like well what why <laughs> it's like i can ask again and i i will ask at regular intervals but okay I have a reason to ask now. Let me just kind of keep mo- moving on. But like, I'm not gonna ask every day. Like, hey, bud, what's up with Brooke? <laughs> hey, bud, are you hiding something about Brooke's injury? <laughs> hey, bud, have you been lying to us this whole time? <laughs> like, like, like that's just that's one. That's not how it works. And and two, like you can phrase it a- as well as you want. And I mean, they know the players, the coaches, the, the executives. They know what you're trying to get at, and they know. Like that's sometimes like Malcolm Brogdon is really good at this. is like knowing what you wanted from your question and be like, Ooh, I know what you want and I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> like, 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 Bud does that too, where he'll, you'll, he'll, he'll, he'll hear your question and he will understand the intent and he'll be like, you know, we're just trying to get better every day. And, you know, yeah. you know? <laughs> and it's like, you know, we just want, we just want him to be healthy and, and on the core with us. We'll be excited when he's able to get back, you know, we're, we're just, he's just doing great work every day with the trainers and, um you know, he, he's he's on a good he's on a good path. He's on a good path, and he's you know, hopefully here with us as, as soon as possible. Um, but we're not gonna rush him, you know. You know, we want to be um you know be cautious with the way we bring him back and and all that, you know, the, these are things that you're gonna hear. And you're like, but I know that you know exactly what his deal is. <laughs> and, and I know you, it's like, you know, but they it is not in their best interest to tell you <laughs> because. All they could do is either be right and give like a warning to other teams, like what's going on, or they could be wrong and then you're mad at them because you know it's, it's not always a linear progression when guys are coming back from injuries. Like these are human bodies that, <laughs> that have suffered some trauma that need to kind of get back in working order, and that's not always linear. So, yes, uh, we used to ask. I mean, I'm sure the people covering theme still ask and, and still are very tapped in and try to get that information. And people don't want to give it, and that's that's life on the beat.
1: My favorite Bud Not Answer ever. Well, this was I. I haven't gotten to cover the team. This was on on TV. I think it was a preseason game this year. And basically, he was asked like what he hopes to see. And I've I've said this so many times on on the pod, but I, it's too good to not retell. Like, what do you want to see out of out of this game? And you know, what are you looking forward to seeing from the guys after a long layoff or whatever? And I swear to God, he just says. I just hope we can run some five on five, and it was like, "Bud, it's an NBA game. Of course, there's going to be five on five. That's all that's going to happen. That's really all." It's and then, of course, he went into. We just want to get better every day, and you know, all the the classic. It's like since maybe it's probably the championship part, but now I'm like, it's almost endearing to me. I'm almost like, "Yeah, bud, say nothing.
3: You got it." (laughs) Yeah, bud. Interview random. You got it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! There's
2: there's so many just. Blood isms that we could get into, yes. but yeah. Um, bring it back a little bit to the basketball side of things. Like, if you just like put away like all of like the hardship guys or the two way guys, whatever, whoever's in and out of protocols. If the Bucks still have Giannis, Chris, Drew, Brooke Lopez, how do you feel about them running it back, going
3: back to back? I think they'd have every opportunity. I mean. Those four guys in particular, when you have them, and, and it's for the past few years, been just insert whoever else, like they they have the the makeup, and now the pedigree of a team that can win a championship, like it's it's proven to work, and it's it's been proven across multiple regular seasons. Now it's been proven in the playoffs, the highest stage, like pretty much put them against any team in the East right now. I mean, right now they're they the five seed. They'd be against the Cavs in the first round. Do you really think the Cavs would be able to stop them <laughs> four games out of seven? Like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> like, like yes, that team is good and young and feisty and has some cool pieces and Evan Mobley is like pretty cool in terms of like, you know, rookies and what he can do and Jared Allen, like, you know, he's, he's a pretty good stopper on the inside and you know, Garland and Sexton, like they have these guards. Great. That's fun and, and nice, but like that's not a team that's going to stop the Bucks in the playoffs. That's not a team that's going to stop the Nets in the playoffs. That's not a team that I would even pick against the Sixers in the playoffs. And the Sixers are an absolute mess, but, but they would still have the best player in the series, and they would still maybe have the second best player in the series, depending on, well, we won't get into that. Spicy. We're we're, we're 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 let's talk about results. Um, so. um but yeah, so I think the Bucks would be fine to to be yeah in the playoffs as long as they're if they're fully healthy. Then, yeah. then yes. Right now, without Brook, I think people are now understanding how critical of a piece Brook is for as much, you know, kind of hate as he has gotten at times, you know, for for his role or for his lack of three point consistency or whatever. Like he does the dirty work on defense. He yeah. is a big body who can who can you know muck things up on the inside he is a three-point spacing threat even if he doesn't always make them like he is a is a critical piece to why the offense works when it works at its peak form um it's because he's there and sometimes you know there have been times where even in the playoffs last year where he wasn't on the floor and they were able to get things done and, and, and do well and that's a credit to the guys who were on the court and and, and all of that but rook is an is important piece um And unless they can replace him or bring him back uh, at a high level, um, you know, it's going to make things more difficult in the playoffs uh, if if they don't have him. Um, So, yeah. So I think that this year's, I mean, right now it's all kind of gobbledygook in the, in the standings because of, you know, all the injuries and COVID and all that stuff. But when it all shakes out, we actually get to the playoffs. We get to see the, you know, eight to 10 best teams, kind of going at it like in, in the Eastern Conference. I think there'll be some fun series, but I, it's hard to imagine there are very many series where the Bucs wouldn't be favored, um, as long as they're healthy. I mean, there's always that caveat, but I, I think that they have every opportunity uh, to compete among the best teams in the East. So I'm not going to say they're, they're going to repeat because there's just so many variables that are, are unknown, but you know, they, when you have Giannis and Chris and Drew... And maybe Brooke, like you have the pieces to have a tough series against anybody.
2: I think people forget that Brooke Lopez, when Giannis went down uh, in the conference Man. finals, he was like, Yeah, I'm just going to casually drop 33 points, be the leading scorer for this team, and help them take a series lead. Like people, people forget about that. And that happened like what? A couple, oh wait, it was a while ago at this point, but like it was the last six, six months, six months ago. Something yeah. Something like that. I don't
3: know. I mean, time. yeah. And like there's like a, a Rex Ryan level interest in Kevin Durant's feet, but you know, people forget like Brooks, like critical block in oh, that yeah. game. Like that, that, that can't be forgotten. Like you can't just say like, Oh, well, what if Kevin Durant's foot was on? like, okay. Like what well, was on the line? What about the plays that did happen?
0: Exactly. Like
3: that, that is also of interest. Um, yeah. So Brooke, I mean, he's the most important free agent. This team has ever signed. I, I think that's probably fair to say, Yeah. um, yeah, I think I, without a doubt. Yeah. I I, ha- I haven't gone through the the annals of Bucks history to look at all their free agent signings, um, but I think Brooke Lopez has been the most important one of all of them, um, and it, it's it's both crazy and not crazy that that's not an overstatement.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the Bucks have had so much trouble signing guys for so long that they didn't trade for first, right? So I remember at the time, like, Greg Monroe was the biggest by far.
3: And it, like, it was, it was huge. Process. Yeah, if, if you weren't around then, that was a big oh deal. My God. That was huge.
2: Yeah. That I, was... I remember seeing that news, and I was like, wait, what? Was like, wait, Greg Monroe signed with the Bucks Over wait, the wait, Knicks and the yeah. Lakers? Yeah, I was like, he, I thought he was going to the Knicks that summer. I was just oh, like, yeah. oh, my. Goodness! I thought they were like a LeBron ankle tweak away from a Finals run. That did not work out at all. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but it was just like it, Greg, Greg Monroe was the biggest at the time. But if, if you're talking about most impact, it's got to yeah, be Brooke it's
1: Brook. It's definitely it, Brooke.
3: It, yeah, it, easy, easy. I, I just I I had like a a brief like mind fog where I was like, wait, did Oscar Robertson he got traded to Milwaukee? Right? He got traded to Milwaukee. I just looked up. He did get traded. Yeah. To Milwaukee. Yeah. He's, he's not afraid. So I was like, okay, cool. Like totally. was like, the only other person I could, could have possibly thought might have been but yeah Brook lopez
2: no yeah. is this jersey going up in the Raptors? we say yes
3: um it is in brooklyn uh yeah. and and i think that it it very well i mean it depends how how rafter happy like the like bucks ownership is like after all these guys retire like we know Giannis's jerseys going to the Raptors. Like, like just put it there now like yeah. what are we doing uh chris is too like yep agreed done, done deal it's over um after that i don't know i don't know i i I don't want to like definitively say yes or no to anybody i mean drew's been around for a a year plus i I don't know if there's too much precedent for that but hey i mean that steel put that steel in the rafters just like just like a picture of of him ripping it from booker like put that in the rafters um i think i think brooke is i want to say like 80% of the way there yeah like I, I I don't know if it's all the way, but like oh that again it depends how Raptor happy they are. How many numbers do they want to retire? Like that that's really that's really where we're at. The are real you, question is is Pat
2: getting his jersey in the Raptors. That's my I'm on board that, with this. That, was Ty's, that was my that thing. Was yeah, during the playoffs it's like Pat's he's so integral to this team. During the Brooklyn series like he's the one guy off the bench they could actually play, and it's just like they don't win that title without Pat Connaughton. So I Ty, don't know what, Ty's been on the Pat Connaughton for the Raptors. <sighs>
3: I don't know what Pat wants to do with his life other than run his, his construction business and, and build leaf. homes and, 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 and develop and all that stuff. But could he, this is me, thinking off the top of my head. Could he ultimately like replace Marcus Johnson as the bucks play by play guy? Oh, wow. oh, like, like, could that be his, path? Could, could that be his path?
1: I was, I was actually thinking he's going to just keep making business moves buy a some share of the bucks and just retire his own number.
3: I That's mean, it's a power that, play. Yeah, that that is the like the you know uh, the galaxy brain move, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like buy the team, retire my number. <laughs> um, like I don't know if he wants to go back to Boston or hang out near Notre Dame or where he wants to be and what he wants to do. Um, but like I, he 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 can talk. The the, the, the guy, you know. Sometimes I'd be like, Pat, stop talking. Like, like, <laughs> Pat, I asked you one question four minutes ago. It, I, I got the answer. Um, you know, but put, you know, you could put him on TV. He could do play by play. He could have fun with that. Um, you know, Marcus Johnson, I'm, I'm saying replace him in like 10, 15 years. Marcus, yeah. keep doing your thing. Yeah. Like you oh, yeah. Your question it. we need you around like for basically ever just just stay around. But whenever you are ready to go hang out and, and do something else and, you know, dunk on your 95th birthday, like that, that's fine. Like, go do that, but maybe Pac Out and maybe I'll back you up. I don't know. Just just spitballing here.
2: That's a great that, that's fun. I mean, that's really yeah. interesting. That's really fun, actually. That he would be great at doing color on the broadcast, honestly. Like they should they should try doing that like now if he's missing a game or two. They've done that in the past with other players, right? Like they've I, had Clay Thompson on the Warriors before. Like they've had like CJ when he's uh when he's been injured in the past that he's been on the Blazers broadcast. They should try Pat on the Bucks broadcast.
3: Yeah. I mean, they, I remember when I interned at the Pacers, they had wrapped up, I think like the one seed or whatever. Um, and it was the last game of the regular season. They're playing Philly who at the time was processing yeah. um, or, or close to processing. They were, they're in the process vicinity. Um, and, no one cared. It's the last game. See, like all the starters were sitting out, and I, I remember like Roy Hibbert and like Paul George. They were like, all sitting at the TV desk like during the game. I think they like did a quarter or they did some some interviews like during the games. Yeah. So that, that was kind of interesting.
1: I was I was Bucks gonna legend. guess. Roy I was gonna guess. Bucks legend Roy Hibbert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna guess Hibbert would be one of the guys on TV. Hibbert seems also like a pretty a pretty good talker.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He. He was well, he was frustrating when I was a, an intern for the Pacers because uh one of my jobs was to you know bring the, the the camera into the locker room and like record post-game interviews and sometimes even do the interviews while recording. And Roy was not interested or able in sitting still. Like so he he would not sit still. Like he you'd be interviewing, like, hey Roy, can we talk? And he'd be like, Yes, let's talk. And I would start recording and then he'd be like looking in his locker and trying, to, and, tr- and trying to get shoes and he'd be doing kind of stuff. Like, it's like, Roy, can you just stay? St- I can't put this on. I am pacers.com. Like I'm, I'm for you. <laughs> like, like, can you just like, let me get a good video of you. Um, and, but I, I do remember as, because I was a UConn fan, I remember watching a game where Georgetown played UConn and out of nowhere, Roy Haber hit a three. And I was like, this is insane. And there was a game with the Pacers where he hit a three. And I knew that he, I looked it up and I'm like, Oh, he was three for three on threes in college. And I was like, Roy, like, you know, I remember you hitting a big three against UConn. You hit a bunch of threes in, in college. Like, have you been hiding that part of your game for now? He's like, people don't know I'm the greatest three point shooter in college basketball history. <laughs> he's, he's like, look it up. No one's better than me. <laughs>
1: That's amazing.
3: And I was like, totally right. So yeah, Roy Haber bucks legend. I don't even know where we, where we, how we got here, but we're here.
1: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> the mark of a good podcast. Yes, it's usually how the Euro stuff goes.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, Todd, do we have any uh, last last minute questions here, or should we? I, I
1: wrap think up? I think we've stolen enough of Matt's time for now. Although I suddenly have again a strong desire to get Pat Connaughton on the podcast. We've tried before, but now hearing that he could be the next potentially color commentator we need we need to make that happen at some point
3: that's what i know now
1: and a lot more fun stuff about the bucks but especially about pat
3: i i totally could see it i mean again that was just me pulling random thoughts out of my head but i could see it happening
1: yeah
2: for sure it's uh it, it would be a, it would be a very fun time i'll say that uh matt do you have anything before we let you go do you have anything specific that you would like to highlight that you want people to check out
3: no, I mean, uh, other than, uh, definitely check out bleach report, the bleach report app. It's been, it's, it's been my new home, my new work home. I've, I've, I've loved it. Uh, at bleach report. People are really great. Uh, a lot of good products coming out in terms of, uh, you know, engagement and actually they have like merch and videos and all kinds of stuff at bleach report. So check it out. Good stuff. I, I edit a lot of the stories or a decent number of the stories that are there. So, you know, I, I hope that would mean that they're well edited. Um, but, you know, I try to do my best. So, yeah, check out Bleach Report, Bleach Report app. Um, you won't see my name probably anywhere uh, on over there. But that's okay. Uh, you know, need, need those uh, kind of background supporters too.
2: For sure, for sure. Quality editor editor, and a quality editor. I, I don't know. worked <laughs> well in my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, but, no, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. It's been our pleasure having you on um just talking bucks stories journalism everything it's this has been a fantastic conversation thank you for coming on uh yeah thank you
3: yeah i had a great time hanging out with you guys so uh hopefully bucks fans enjoy our conversation as much as i did